Welcome to Madison Avenue Presbyterian Church. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you to serve God and your neighbor. If you want to learn more about our ministry, head over to mapc.com. If you're looking for a community where you can deepen your faith, we invite you to join us every Sunday at 1030 online or in person. Our next gospel reading today comes to us from the Gospel of Luke, the fifth chapter, beginning with verse number 25. Listen once again to the word of God. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth. And he said, follow me. And he got up, left everything, and followed Jesus. Then Levi gave a great banquet for him in his house, And there was a large crowd of tax collectors and others sitting at the table with them. The Pharisees and their scribes were complaining to his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered, Those who are well have no need of a physician but those who are sick. I have come to call not the righteous but sinners to repentance. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. A few years ago, my wife Deborah and I visited my godmother and her husband at their summer cottage in Maine. Many of you will remember that typically Presbyterians do not have godparents, but evidently my mother and father are not typical Presbyterians. We had a wonderful time in Maine. They took us on a tour of Kennebunkport, and then we went out to lunch, and it was delicious. We feasted on scallop rolls and clam rolls and the most delicious French fries. Standing at the register, I turned to the clerk and gave her my credit card. I wanted to say thank you to our hosts. But the clerk said to me, "Uh, that's okay, I already have his credit card pointing to Ron, my godmother's husband. I said, no, 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 today I'm paying for lunch. Here's my card. No, she said, I've got got his credit card. And then I looked her in the eye and I said, may I ask you a question? Oh, sure. I asked, do you know who my best friend is? And she said, "Uh, uh, uh, no. I said, my best friend is Jesus. Now give me the bill. (laughs) And would you believe that she quickly gave me the bill and accepted my credit card? It it worked. It worked. I I don't play the credit card, the the Jesus card, that often, but on occasion, it's it's necessary. I, I was at lunch with a member of my church about eight years ago, and we were at a Chili's restaurant of all places. And the waiter came to our table and he kept going between us, between me and her and me and her. Wasn't sure to whom to give the receipt, the bill. And I said, by the way, let me, let me ask you a question. Uh, do you know who my best friend is? And when I said Jesus, he, he, he very quickly it gave me the check 
and took my credit card. The next day, I happened to be in the same restaurant with another member of the church, and he was walking by, trying to avoid us, I think. He was not serving our table, but I I couldn't let it pass, and I said, excuse me, sir, Uh, excuse me, Uh, do you remember today who my best friend is? Uh, Yes, sir, yes, sir, and he just went on his way. I have found that playing the Jesus card on occasion is very, very helpful. I, I, I am not so sure that it's because of their respect and love for Jesus, or they're simply terrified that, you know, I might be strange or something. But whatever it is, it's, it seems to work. And I, and I suspect that if Jesus were with me, whenever I play the Jesus card, that he would just grin from ear to ear and laugh and laugh and laugh. For as we see in our scripture reading this morning, and indeed throughout the Gospel of Luke, ours is a Lord who loves to get together and eat and laugh and tell stories and listen and reprimand and teach and scold. As a matter of fact, when we look closely at the Gospel of Luke, we see that Jesus eats his way all the way through till the cross. In today's reading, for example, Jesus has invited Levi to be his disciple. And the text tells us that immediately Levi gave up what he was doing, he was a tax collector, and followed Jesus. And to celebrate his new relationship with Jesus, Levi throws a huge party, and he invites all kinds of people to come and eat and celebrate with him. It's a great banquet. And some of the people there, some of the uh, religious folks, were more than a little uncomfortable with Jesus eating with the tax collectors. And I must add here that I understand where they're coming from. I suspect that I, too, would have felt some discomfort with Jesus getting together with the tax collectors and sinners. Levi was a tax collector. Remember the situation. Rome was their oppressor. The army occupied that land. They were cruel. They were heartless. They were abusive. And Levi and the other tax collectors were colluding with the evil of the empire. And so their fellow citizens hated despised the tax collectors. They were Benedict Arnolds. There was political tension in the air. How can you do this? How can you sell out your own people just for the sake of profit? And so when Jesus sits down with the tax collectors, when he sits down with these friends of the soldiers who are brutalizing their people, they are justifiably concerned disgusted and angry. Jesus, how can you do this? How can you do this? And Jesus, Jesus takes a big gulp of wine, looks at them and laughs and says, you really just don't get it, do you? You don't get it. I'm not here just for you. I'm here for them. Jesus loved to sit down and eat with people, all kinds of people. A little bit later in the gospel, a Pharisee invites him to supper. And does Jesus reject their invitation because 
he is a Pharisee? No. Jesus accepts the invitation. Luke says that he takes his place at the table. That is a phrase we see throughout the Gospel of Luke, taking his place at the table. When we come to Luke's depiction of the Lord's Supper in the upper room, do you know what Luke says about Jesus? It says that he takes his place at the table. The Pharisee is concerned about Jesus, though, and though he doesn't verbalize it, Jesus can read his face, and the Pharisee is concerned that Jesus has not gone through the ceremonial washing of hands before he eats. And the, the text actually says uh, he did not baptize before dinner, that he didn't go through the ceremonial washing before dinner. And, and do you know what Jesus calls the Pharisee when he objects? Uh, Jesus says, you're a bunch of fools. That's what Jesus says to us when we want to exclude some people from the table. There's so many other examples we could include this morning. Uh, you remember the, when Jesus, at the end of a long day of preaching and teaching, there were 5,000 men plus women plus children, and Jesus turns to the disciples and says, go ahead and feed them. And the disciples are like, uh, 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 do what? And then Jesus feeds 5,000 people. It is the only miracle that appears in all four Gospels. Do you remember the time in Luke's Gospel when Jesus went to visit the home of Martha and Mary? And, and Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet where she has no business being. I mean, women in the first century A.D. never sat at the feet of a rabbi to listen and to learn. Never. It was forbidden. It was taboo. But there Mary was, and Martha is in the kitchen working and serving and working and serving. And so she goes to Jesus and she complains, this is just not right. You, we, we cannot have my sister. What will the neighbors think of me? My, my sister sitting here at your feet. Martha. Martha. Would you please get your priorities in order? She's right. Jesus eats his way through the Gospel of Luke. Do you remember when he raised a little girl back to life? Oh, she's just sleeping. Uh, he raised her back to life. And what does he say to her? Uh, would you like some breakfast? Jesus is always eating with people, breaking bread, sitting down with insiders and outsiders, men and women, people of the faith and pagans. It's amazing, absolutely amazing. He's ever teaching, telling stories, laughing, rich and poor. And I've got to wonder why. Why does Jesus spend so much time sitting down with people and eating with them? Why does he devote so much time and energy to laughing and telling stories and listening? As many of you know, my wife is a pastor in the United Church of Christ, and she is currently serving as a chaplain in our retirement community. Before seminary, Deb served as a social worker for three years, and as part of her responsibilities, her supervisor appointed her to go and visit Janice. Not her name, that's what we'll call her today, Janice. 
Janice was about 75 years old at the time, and throughout most of her life, she had lived in a small house and had a small backyard, and she loved working her hands in the soil and the dirt and being with nature and working in that backyard. I don't understand that, but she loved it. My wife actually loves that too, just being with the earth. But then Janice got to the point, even though she was only 75, she just couldn't see as well as she used to be able to see. And she didn't have the mobility she once enjoyed, and so she had to give up her home and that precious backyard and go to a retirement community. She lived in a, a, a senior citizen high-rise. She really didn't know anybody else there. And after being there for a few months, she began to be very concerned and afraid, and she expressed these fears to the people who worked at this retirement community. And she said that at night, people were breaking into her apartment and rearranging the future, uh, the furniture, and that some nights men came into her bedroom and just stood around her and stared at her while she was sleeping. So Deb began to see her once a week again and again, week after week, and slowly her complaints went away. And they enjoyed a wonderful relationship, and she no longer was concerned about people breaking into her apartment at night. And then her supervisor, Deb's supervisor, assigned her to someone else. And so Deb spent a couple of weeks explaining to Janice, uh, I, I will not be coming back. Thank you for sharing your life with me. I hope things go well. And guess what happened? She once again began to complain and express fear about people breaking into her apartment at night and rearranging the furniture. And those men returned at night and just stared at her while she was sleeping. What was going on? Well, Janice was hungry. As a matter of fact, Janice was famished. She so deeply craved companionship and friendship that she imagined other people breaking into her apartment. I love the story. I love it because it it says so much about who we are. In his wonderful book, Faith Seeking Understanding, the theologian Daniel Mialori says, to be human is to live freely and gladly in relationships of mutual respect and love. There is within all of us this yearning to love and be loved, to touch and be touched, to connect, to share, to care. God has carved out this hollow place in our hearts that can only be filled by loving, joyful relationships with other people. At the end of our stewardship brunch last Sunday, one of our members came up to me and, and said with a wide smile on her face. Isn't it a shame that people at Madison Avenue Presbyterian Church just don't enjoy getting together? And if you were here last week, you will remember the festive atmosphere down in Parish Hall and how much fun you had being together. In 
in a world divided by politics and class and race. I cannot think of any greater witness to Christ today than sitting down together to eat and listen and laugh and tell stories. No matter how vibrant our outreach, no matter how beautiful our worship, no matter how informed our education, if we cannot break bread with one another, what's the point? If we can't regard one another here in this room and with our brothers and sisters online, if we cannot regard one another here as brothers and sisters, what's the point? If we cannot join with Jesus in shattering cherished rules of etiquette to welcome both the insider and the outsider, no matter how much they might disagree with us, if we can't do that, what is the point? The kind of community I see here at Madison Avenue, the kind of community that you are nurturing and that you celebrate, the kind of community that acknowledges our differences and yet demonstrates respect and practices hospitality and genuinely struggles with what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, this is the kind of community. This is the kind of church that Jesus established, and this is the kind of church that those in our community so, so yearn to know and experience today. Eating together, it's never simply a matter of filling our stomachs, it's filling our hearts with the love of others and the presence of Christ. Food can bring us together in such a way that words will never be able to achieve. I am thankful that you are a community that celebrates the gift of community, relationship, being together, breaking bread, and, and, oh, I, I wish I could go on. Oh, I wish I could say so much more about the importance of eating together and what I have experienced here, but you see, as you might have heard in the announcements this morning, we are having a senior luncheon right after worship today, and I do not want to be late because I suspect, I suspect that Jesus is already down in Parish Hall. And he's waiting on me and you. Amen.